Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Lisa, when Aaron and I had been married a handful of months, we got a call from a college roommate of his who wanted to tell Aaron that his parents were getting a divorce. Mm. And I'm a newlywed. I'm li- and so Aaron comes back and he tells me, and all I can think about is 25 years mm. dedicated to someone and then you call it quits. Now, I'd been married for a hot minute, and so that was very foreign. Married for 23 years now, I completely – I'm not saying it's okay, but I don't have that same reaction. I go, right. yeah, I can see how that happened. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. I, I have a little bit more experience under my belt. But I remember wondering, how is someone married for 25 years and then they get a divorce? And um, three months into marriage, I couldn't have fathomed, fathomed it. And like I said, 22 years in now, I can fathom it. I can 100% fathom it. And I remember Aaron and I talked about it. And after he talked to his friend, basically, it was that their kids their kids left. Mm-hmm. And they had a single connection between the two of them. And that was their children. Wow. And then their children grew up, graduated high school, went off to college. And all of a sudden, they found themselves together in a house roommates, strangers, however you want to feel. And that story has stuck with me forever. And even though now I have a lot more compassion and empathy for that couple than I did as a hot minute married newlywed, (laughs) it did something to me. And it made me make a commitment that um, I would want to do whatever I could possibly do in my part of the relationship to really value and put my marriage first. And, um, I would say that Aaron and I have, if we've done anything well, we've done that well within mm-hmm. our marriage. I also know that we've had seasons of super, super hard marriage moments, like really hard, hard mo- moments. And in fact, just the other day, I was asking one of my kids, I was like, do you remember like 2020, 2021? Did you ever remember anything about mom and dad being weird? And they're like, no, it seems like y'all fought maybe a little bit. And I'm like, a little bit. Dear Lord, we kept a lot from you guys because <laughs> it was rough around here. But as much as I have empathy and compassion for that couple from all those years ago, it has also really made me passionate about really wanting to come alongside and help parents really see the value in that. And and here's where I'm coming from, and then I'd love to hear from you, is um, we'll be parents for, by the time our kids graduate, I will be a mom for 24 years Mm. okay when story goes off to college again we've said it a thousand times we're still moms we're still parents all the things but for 24 years let's say Aaron and I both live to be 80 we will have been married for almost uh, 60 years right that is a lot of years without kids in our home Mm -hmm. we had kids early in our marriage that puts us a lot of years on the back end and I just really want to say to be committed to know that this relationship with my spouse is one that is going to outlast. That's a weird word, but it's going to be the longer one than the time that my kids are in my home. Yeah. And so for me, I've said, how do I want to prepare 
for that those next 60 years. Right. And I think preparing for those 60 years doesn't start the day your kid leaves for high school. No. It starts way early before that. And so this is a fun topic for me because I am a big fan of marriage. I don't think marriage is for everybody. I don't think it's ultimate calling, all those things. But if God has marriage in your life, um, then to me, it feels like a priority. And I understand this conversation. There's going to be many single parents listening. And so we also want to know that we see you and you are not less than of a parent because you don't have a spouse um, in this current season. But for those of you that are married, I hope this encourages you to say, what does it look like for me to prioritize my marriage? Um, I mean, I tell my kids, I don't know, you may disagree with me. I tell my kids, I love your dad more than I love you. I definitely don't disagree with you. I think that is um that's the way it is supposed to be. Yeah. I think the reality is a lot of times while we're raising kids, it at the very least doesn't feel that way. Oh. You know? You're ex- you're I mean you're just And we have to fight for it. You have that is the thing. Is it's not a this is not an automatic thing. I right. think that like um because Aaron and I are passionate about this, we talk about it a lot because we we literally do almost every Monday night go on a date night. Yeah. I also know that's a privilege and our date nights haven't always looked like this. You know, sometimes yeah. it looks like when they were the kids were little, we put the kids to bed and we ate by ourselves. Right. In the same house. That luxury. They, they were in. That's luxury. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but we value it. But I am not I'm not here without fighting for it. Right. And I'm not here without really having hard seasons of marriage where I thought this is really, really the worst part of my day is you, Aaron. Yeah. And I, but I think that's the word. I think the word is that you're gonna have to fight for it. You, this will not come. Maybe even I was gonna say it will not come easily. It also probably won't even come completely naturally, right? Because we the natural bend is pouring everything into this l- little tiny darling, yeah. right? That we love so much that that we we give our very life for, mm-hmm. and. I think sometimes I know in my own marriage, I've looked at my husband and I've thought, you're a grown human being. <laughs> like you can get your own stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm not saying that's right. I'm yeah. not saying that's a great attitude. And and I come into this conversation and, and a marriage is always a tougher conversation for me. So that's full disclosure. Why is that? Because I am such an independent soul. Uh-huh. So I always thought, well, I always wondered, will I be married? Will I be able to be compatible with uh-huh. someone and be able to mesh with someone and live with yeah. someone and do that thing called marriage for the long haul? So when I'm married for 27 years, like that is a miracle of God. Yeah. I say that and I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um. And, and then you put kids on top of the mix. And I always wanted to be a mother. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I... I I think mothering has come more naturally to me than than marriage. Mm. And I think for some people, marriage comes more natural than motherhood. That's me. Right. So we've talked about this some. Uh And so that's interesting. So I think whatever sort of your bend is, then you will have have to to fight fight for the other in those relationships. Mm -hmm. I think what's, what's interesting and what's hard is that when you're raising kids, so you're you need to be melded with your spouse like in, and so there's this like common goal of we are raising these kids together and so it does kind of center on or your relationship for a period of time at least seems like it centers on 
kids, kids, These kids. kids. Yeah, right. Because you're you're pouring mm-hmm. all this into that, and and it takes up tons of your time yeah. and energy. You're having conversations about what are we going to do about you know this yeah. son that's going through this right. or this daughter or yeah. whatever. And as as they get older into middle school and high school. It's not as logistically hard because you're not bathing them and doing all those things. But, man, it is psychologically, emotionally, emotionally spiritually, spiritually yep. so tough. And so you catch yourself, you know, where it was cute whenever they were little and you were going out to dinner. You're like, oh, you remember when they uh-huh. turned over how uh-huh. cute that was? Now your conversations at dinner are like, what are we actually going to do about our child that might be on drugs? Yes, this is all of our date nights now. We're like the first like 30 minutes until we look at each other and say, stop. We're like yeah. talking about not like how awesome the kids are, right. which my kids are awesome. But like problem solving. Problem solving. Problem solving. And yeah. so what, what I think is the challenge is you are needing each other for your commonality uh-huh. of child raising, Yeah. right? But at the same time, what you're saying is completely true and your illustration is so powerful that that can't be the thing that you love each other for or bond w- right. together with or only. Or the only glue. The only glue. Yeah. Right. The only thing you can talk about. Right. The only thing you have in common. One of the things that my husband said to me recently that I loved a lot, he was listening to a podcast and he said that the way to continue to grow together was to do things together that neither one of you knew how to do. So you're learning something new together. You're learning something new together. And I loved that because for us in this season where, oh my gosh, Jamie, we've done so much heavy lifting with the kids. It's like now we both need to do things together and we are doing things together that neither one of us have a clue how to do. So rather than sort of bring him into my world Mm -hmm. or me into his world, which I think sometimes is a tendency, like, you know, he loves to go to the gym. I actually hate the gym. Yeah. So for him to go like, come go to the gym with me. I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym with you. Knock yourself out going at 530 in the morning with your bros. Uh But I don't want to go. And then for him to travel with me, which he sometimes does, like we love to travel together. Mm -hmm. But when he's coming with me for work, he's coming into my world. So for us to now do some things together, which we're doing, it is creating new ventures because kids for the longest time was our venture. Joint thing, yeah. That was our experience Mm -hmm. and our experience. Excitement and yeah. our, you know, and and going to games and and we did all of that together. Mm-hmm. And so, in order for us not to grow stale now, yeah, we've got to do some new things that are fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. And so, I do think that's a word though for along the way. Yeah, like, and it's hard when you have little kids. Oh, it's, it's so hard so to so even hard keep little your kids. head yes. above the water. Yes. So please hear me say that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I needed somebody to say to me when my kids were little, like. You you can't even take a shower today. Yeah. You can't crack open your Bible. Mm-hmm. It's reality. Yep. I see you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. There's nothing wrong with you. So there's nothing wrong with you. So I don't need you to work on the five points of your marriage today. Yeah. But what you need to do is have it on your radar mm-hmm. screen and know that like it's going to be impossible for you to have a a marriage that exists yeah. once the kids get older if you don't cultivate it along the way. Yeah. It won't be around. Mm -hmm. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes 
specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15, and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her, and I love what's in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Like Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. Anxiety and depression are hard enough for adults to deal with. They're really incredibly hard for our children to deal with them as well. I've said it before, us Ivies, we are very, very much big fans of counseling. If you are a parent like me and you've seen your kids have to struggle with some mental health issues, I want to introduce you to Foundations Family Therapy and their online courses. Foundations Family Therapy is a group practice of licensed therapists who have created self-paced, video-based courses for topics like parenting young, anxious children. Their team understands that sometimes therapy is not attainable in the season of life that parents are in, and it can also be hard to find a therapist. So these courses are a great resource for getting some professional guidance. Three of their most popular courses include From Surviving to Thriving, Beating the Worry Monster, and Combating New Parent Anxiety. All of their content is created from a Christian perspective and led by a licensed marriage and family therapist. You'll get video teachings, print resources, activities to practice, and next steps for thriving. Foundations Family Therapies courses include eight therapy sessions worth of information and are offered for the price of just one therapy session. Launch listeners can get 20% off any of these online courses. Visit foundationsft.com slash courses. Use the code LAUNCH for 20% off any of their online courses. I think one of the temptations, and I'm going to speak very broadly here, so this could go either way, but I think some of the temptations for a man would be to find some worth outside of the home, and then all of a sudden the kids are gone and they have worth outside the home, and so Mm -hmm. that's not an issue. And then a temptation for a woman would be to find all her worth in the children, and so then the children leave, and then they find themselves separate. Again, that's a very big generalization, but I think you get my point. Yes. And so I think even being aware in your marriage of what is going to – what am I going to be more affectionate towards than my spouse? Hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be bad. I'm not talking about porn here. I'm talking about like maybe I'm more affectionate towards my Saturday morning pickleball tournament that I'm in every (laughs) Saturday morning, which – I would love to do that. But (laughs) um, what are you more affectionate towards that is taking this place of your spouse? And I think we can fill in the blank with whatever that is where the children might come in between you guys. And again, you've said it so much and so brilliantly is that like there are seasons where it takes every all hands on deck, both parents that we're just in this together. We also need to be fully acknowledged that there are some parents who are parenting kids from hard places or kids with special needs. And those are just all kinds of nuances and complications. But I would encourage listeners to think to themselves, like, is there a way that I am maybe 
over the top too much, allowing the child to take priority over my spouse. Mm. Maybe like one person is not really down with kids coming in their room at night and the other person's like, it's okay, it's okay. And you're not on the same page. Maybe one person is down with you spending every single weekend at a baseball tournament and the other spouse is like, I don't know if we should be doing that. Like you've got to talk about these things and come to a common ground on them. Um, I also think with marriages and being intentional with it, I always felt when I had little kids and was a stay-at-home mom is that I needed somebody, preferably Aaron, for this to work out well, (laughs) to see me as more than just a mom, Mm. to see me as Jamie, to see me as his wife, to see me as someone who had a brain, to see me as someone who wanted to go out and go out to dinner. I needed him to see that in me. And... I'm sure guys need that as well. I don't know. I'm not a dude. But that was really important for me is that I had time where I was not just a mom. And again, I love my kids. I love being a mom, all those things. But I really wanted to be diligent and almost prepare ahead of time for when, you know, the yes. kids are older is that I needed that. Um, last thing I want to say about prioritizing and then I want to hear from you is I tell moms, I don't know if you might be the same way. These young moms, I tell them. You're tired. You're so tired. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you that when you have teenagers, it is a different kind of tired. Yeah. It is like... Mental tired. I can't even explain to you. (laughs) So we were parents where we we had our kids in bed at 730. Like, we were not playing around. Yeah. Dinner by 530, baths, read a couple books, get to the bed. And I remember I'd be so tired. Now... These kids be staying up way past my bedtime. <laughs> right. They basically tuck me in. Last <laughs> night I had a whole conversation with a child while I was in my bed and they came in after work and we had a whole 15 minute conversation. Yeah. And it was like he was tucking me in at night. Yeah. Um, and it's a different kind of tired. And so different seasons call for different things. And also I don't want people to be discouraged about like, well, Jamie and Aaron go on a date night every Monday. Well, we have teenagers who can make their own dinners. Yes. They have all of these things. We don't have to spend $75 every Monday on a babysitter. You know, like yes. we that's we're in a different life stage. Yeah. When our kids were younger, guess when we went on dates? Usually Tuesday afternoons when our, all of our kids were at school Mother's Day out. We have to yes. pay for a babysitter. Yeah. It was a Tuesday afternoon date. That's all we could do. That's the best we could do in that season. Mm. Um, but I think it was really, really, really good. I want to know, you have, I mean, you have one kid still at home, but he's big and in college right. and all those things. right. You're almost technically empty nesters. Almost. But they, uh, they kind of keep reappearing in some ways. They <laughs> That's what I that. hear. That's yeah. what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy, Jamie. But it's different when they reappear now. It's like we talked about earlier. Like, it is. It's like a friend kind of. It you know? is. Yeah. yeah. And you want them to come over. Yeah. Like sometimes we're, <laughs> sometimes we're like begging them, hey, come see us. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. But what does that look like for you and Scotty now um, with even just like, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine, like, the amount of free, not even just for me and Aaron, but, like, the free time that I'll have. There, there is a lot of freedom. And, you know, this is the thing that you have to remember. You are working towards something mm-hmm. in those moments where you're, like, just beyond your ability to even be able to see past what you're doing, beyond frustration, beyond you know, knowing what to do next, you know, all of all of those things Mm -hmm. overwhelm everything that you're feeling. And trust me, I remember moments I thought, I can't do this parenting thing. I don't think I'm any good at it. And I don't know that I can do one more day. Yeah, that's real. 
And then also just feeling at odds with your spouse mm-hmm. because you take it out on them because they're safe. Yep. There will be a day where you will look back. You will have time. You will have bandwidth. Uh, there will come that day. You will sit by the pool with a book and there won't be kids that you're trying to keep from drowning. Yes. I mean, there really will be a day. I know. Um, you've, 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 I'm you've there. Yeah. You're there. You're Don't bother it. me, guys. Yeah, I mean, right. Exactly. <laughs> So you really do think about what you want in the future and what you want that to look like. Mm-hmm. And so you can't get so caught up in what you're doing in the moment. I know that's difficult, but it's not impossible. Yeah, It is also looking at your spouse as the person that you actually married to get into this adventure with instead of being robotic about it and looking at them as like yeah. your person that is your right hand mm-hmm. here to, you know, and and the person that's, you know, you need to help you in the middle of the night. Yes, they are all those things, but they are your, they're your person. They are your, your spouse and remembering who you fell in love with. I mean, it's, it's like anything. It's like your relationship with the Lord that gets stale unless you remember what he's done and who he is. And you build on it. And you build on it. And in your marriage is the same way. I mean, I think sometimes it's that nostalgia factor that you have to pause Mm -hmm. to do, to say, wait a minute. This is who I married. This is what I did. And so, yeah, that's not going to happen in the middle of the day when you're in the middle of it with all the kids. Yeah. But like at night, when you're in bed at night, maybe you do need to let your foot just go over there and touch your spouse to make sure. That's one thing my husband does all the time. He's intentional about it. It drives me crazy because I actually don't what, like touching you at with all. Your, with his he fo- makes every sure every night he makes sure that his foot touches mine. To, he always says, I just want to know you're over there, which is crazy because of course he knows I'm over there. But we have a king size yeah. bed and I like to sleep on my side. Uh-huh. You stay on yours. Listen, uh-huh. We've been married 27 years. Don't judge me. We're not newlyweds here, but it drives me kind of crazy because I hate feet. So I'm like, oh, don't touch me with your foot. But the point is, it's little tiny touch Uh points, Jamie. It really is the tiny touch points. If you can stop long enough in the middle of all the the mess going on with your kids and look your spouse in the eye and go, this is actually a person that I married. Yeah. We did this together. Mm-hmm. We are still in this together. Yeah. We are actually not at odds. You know, Scotty and I spent some years being at odds mm-hmm. because we were so stressed Yeah, when we could have really worked together. Um, I remember what he had this thing that he, to his credit, most of the things that, that have brought us back together have been my husband. Mm-hmm. I want to really give him credit for that because... He's someone who's pursued me when I've wanted to run away many times in our relationship. And I also want to point out that, you know, throughout your relationship, there will be times that your spouse will do better at parenting than you. Yeah. And you will do better than they will. They will do better than you leading spiritually, and you might do better than them. Mm-hmm. And rather than feeling like competitive about yeah. that or feeling less than about mm-hmm. that or judgmental about that, Lean into that. Yeah, be grateful. They're there for you. They're there for the relationship. Mm -hmm. But he, I remember at a particular time that we were struggling to get on the same page. We were going to some kind of a, I don't know, a bigger family event, and we were arguing, and the kids were going bananas in the back seat or whatever happened. And I remember my husband looked over at me and he said, "Lisa, we've got to get on the same team. Mm -hmm. We've got to get on the same team." And so he put his two fingers out like a V, Uh and he said, same team? We on the same team? And I'm telling you, Jamie, I'm a stubborn one. So I looked over at those fingers, and there wasn't anything within me that wanted to put my two fingers back. Like, I just thought, no, oh, I'm just mad at you right now. 
But I remember I reached out with my two fingers and I had to make a V. And you have to be very intentional uh-huh, to, to, to match press them. those. And I pressed my fingers on here and I same team, you know, and I whatever. But we did that for years mm. and years so that we would be on the same page. And usually it would be at a moment when we were about to go into a stressful situation. We weren't in it yet, but we were about to go in it. Yeah. And he would do that intentionally. And I think it's important for us to remember that, that you are on the same team with them. You are not at odds with them. You are not um, parenting separately. When you're in a marriage, you are actually parenting together. Mm-hmm. And you're not always going to think the same. Yeah. You are not always going to feel the same. But somehow, some way, and the Holy Spirit makes it possible, you've got to come together. Totally. So that you can lead the family well and do this thing together because parenting is not for the faint of the heart. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. I like how you said that, like, sometimes someone's doing better at it than you. I mean, it's like I'm a sports girl. It's like if a running back's having a bad day, listen, you're all on the same team. You're all going to get the W, but let's put in another running back to get the job done today, you know? And so sometimes it's like, hey... I need you to pull some weight here. Uh, at night, I lean over. We have a king bed as well and sleep very far apart because we're adults <laughs> yeah. and we like our comfy space. Yeah. I lean over and I'll, little, I'll tuck my hands in Aaron's waistband oh. and I'll just lay there. And that's what I'm like, Scotty. I'm yeah. like doing that to Aaron. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to ask if he enjoys it or not, if he hates it. Um, but it is that moment of just like, here I am. We're here together. We often say, too, we're like, we're Team Ivy. Mm. That's what we are. We're Team Ivy. Um I think that marriage is beautiful. Yeah. I think it's so very hard. So hard. I think it is worth it. Yes. Um, And I think it is nothing that can be done without intent. We talked about intentionality a lot on these shows. There's intentionality that's involved. There's selflessness that's involved. Um, And I think the biggest thing to encourage parents who are in the middle of parenting is that it's a long game. It is a long game in parenting and it is a long game in marriage. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology and most importantly, to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house. And what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I want to tell you about RO. RO is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions. RO is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box. It sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all going to put our phones up. RO is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family. And then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into RO, it will change your family life and culture. Check out RO at GoRO.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year RO membership when you use the code LAUNCH. 
Hey, y'all, it's Jamie. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I attended a Christian college. In fact, I graduated from Houston Baptist University. And I really loved being at an institution where faith was integrated into our learning. And now of my four kids, one is already in college, two are really close and we're looking at colleges and then one is coming up the line. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about Find Your Christian College. When you visit findyourchristiancollege.com, you can explore more than 200 Christian college options through the school search engine. You can filter the search based on things like size or location, majors and athletics. Find Your Christian College collaborates with hundreds of Christian high schools, colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place every fall and spring. And if you can't travel, there's virtual Christian college fairs as well. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. For this episode, we invited Dr. Josh and Christy Straub to join us as our experts. They are the founders of Famous at Home, which is a weekly podcast and leadership program focused on emotional and family wellness. They've also co-authored What Am I Feeling and What Do I Do With Worry, which are kids' books, and I love to give them out to kids uh, for gifts, for birthday presents. Both of those books help kids understand and handle their emotions, and they also have a family devotional called Homegrown, Cultivating Kids in the Fruit of the Spirit. We asked the Straubs to join us to speak on maintaining healthy marriages because of their extensive background and knowledge on emotional wellness. We also would love to know all their secrets on how they balance working together, family wellness, and time together in their own lives. We are so happy to have them here with us. Hi, my name is Christy Straub. I'm here with my husband, Josh, and we lead an organization called Famous at Home. And I just love this conversation between (laughs) Jamie and Lisa. And, you know, Lisa's moving into these like almost empty nest years, you know, the moving out of children. And Jamie's in the teenage years. And then here Josh and I are in like bringing up the rear. (laughs) And we're in the middle of it. We've got a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and then we started over again and we have a two-year-old and yeah. we are... And I'm 43 years old, so <laughs> he's keeping me very young. Well, and he's keeping us awake. And truly, as we're like listening to this conversation... Like it's literally like, and figuratively. Literally. Keeping us awake. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's just been... And we've gone through seasons of, you know, I would call it the bottom rung of life. And then I call it, you know, we've gotten to a really good rhythms and patterns and... And that's beautiful. And I think sometimes we have conversations about that and people are like, that's so great. Like, but I'm not there right now. And it's funny now that we've sort of restarted with our family, we remember very quickly what that's like too, where it feels like the kids get the best of you and your spouse gets the leftovers. And did you say we have a 10 and an eight year old as well as a two year old? Yeah. Yeah. And the other part about us is we work together. So we don't just raise kids together. We also work together, which adds a whole other dynamic to the marital relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, there's times where I can remember having Christy come in. This this was years ago where I would come in and Christy would be telling me about her day and it'd be right in the middle of my work day and she wants to be all relationship mode and I just can't switch that quickly. 
And to be in, in all fairness, I don't know that you can switch that quickly either. No. Now. Yeah. And, and so we had to. And come I get up, it. But at ha- the time I was like, I just need like an adult who can tie their shoes, who can talk to me. Well, and I think <laughs> it's so true. And I think too, the component of that that's important is we came up with this phrase where it's like, are we in relationship mode or work mode right now? Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to delineate that as we tried as we have tried, I should say, through the years to continue to maintain a marital intimacy, a deep connection where the marriage is first. Like so goes the marriage, so goes everything else in life. Like right. that's that's just a reality. And, and we've seen it in our own relationship. I think to be able to have language, I think one of the biggest things that we have learned is that what's going on within each other's hearts yeah. matters more than what's going on between the two of us. Because so often we actually forget and like, about say what that, we're... Wait, repeat that though, because that's super powerful. Because I think we all, especially we talk about marriage, like we're all concerned about, and people talk about communication strategies and like those skills are all great. But what we have found is that actually what matters more is not what's happening between the two of you or the between the two of us. It's actually what's going on within within your spouse's heart and if i can pursue christy's heart proverbs says to guard your heart it is the wellspring of life and i think we have seen that like we have a one marital heart and the wellspring of our lives is really dependent on how well we're guarding each other's heart how well we're fighting for each other's hearts i mean we can be arguing about random stuff i mean it can be Who's disciplining the children more than than they should? You know, not enough is really the the conversation in our home. Or it could be the way you're driving. Or I mean, there's any number of different things. You put the forks in the wrong way. You know, whatever it is, these things that we argue about typically are not the thing. It's it's so funny because we tend to forget the thing that we're arguing about. What matters more, and we found this all the time, is that communication about your communication is what matters. So in other words, like there was a research study recently done that said, what is the number one thing that couples argue over more than anything else? It was tone of voice and attitude. Yeah. I hundred percent like that's ultimately what gets us so riled up, right? When we start to get in our fight or flight, it's like we feel attacked in some way. It actually doesn't have so much to do with the issue, but it's because we feel somewhere like disrespected and so that defensive mechanism that fight response comes out and i think it's just peeling back these layers where it's like you are a and i heard them say like you know team like it's that's we've always said that like we call it team straub and so we which is funny we've always said that and it becomes this us against the world mentality so it's like we truly we are the team and all the opponents that are coming against us there's something we're fighting together, but so often we see our spouse as the enemy just because they're the closest person to us. Like they're the safest person in our lives. That's exactly, and that's exactly what Jamie and Lisa talked about. It's like we tend to attack our spouse because they're the one who is the safest, right? And yet, and and what ends up happening is too, and and I love how they alluded to this that, and they they generalize this, and I think it isn't. We need to generalize it, but at the same, like where they talked about, you know, men tend to chase work and find their identity in work and men or women will tend to chase the kids and find their identity in kids. And I think we're all spiritual addicts. We all find those things that we're chasing. You know, we talk about how we chase things and what ends up happening is, is the marriage relationship is the thing that goes on the back burner. And I think there's a degree to which we somehow subconsciously or unconsciously just think that it will always be there and we end up taking our spouse for granted. And eventually what ends up happening over time as they were talking about is what ends up happening then when the kids are out and it's like, 
now who are you? Right. And you, there's or, or there's resentment where it's like, you've taken me for granted for so many years yeah. and there's, there's, it's irredeemable now. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, and again, we have a 10, eight and two year old, we've been married for 13 years. We're kind of in this like stage of going, we want to make sure that we're fighting for each other's hearts more than anything else in this season of life. And one of the ways that we do that, and, and I hope this is a practical takeaway for you know, it's, it's super helpful for us. It's, it's, it's super helpful for the people that we get to lead and coach, but it is what we call 15 minutes a day. And this came out of a very difficult season where I came home to Christy talking all about my day. I think I'd have been in a coffee shop and mm-hmm. I was so excited about everything going on. And I remember Christy just being a hot mess. And uh, you say that in a really nice way, right? Like that's like a, I like say that she hot was way. hot. She and was really hot. Like I, I came home and I was like, wow, baby, you are in the sweatpants that you wore to bed the night before. Sure you was. No makeup on. No makeup. Like you were like ponytail spackled in pureed banana and sweet potato. And baby, you were hot too. Our, thank you. I know that's what you didn't mean when you said that, <laughs> but I'm going to infer it and just pump up my own tires. I do think you're hot, baby. <laughs> I think though, Eve, I remember that story because he came home and he literally wafted in the smell of some delicious latte that he'd had at some coffee shop where he was able to, you know, listen to his own thoughts and talk to other adults. And here I was at home dealing with the screaming. In other words, I was on vacation. Yeah. Cause that's what it felt like. You were going on vacation every day and it felt like this abandonment of me. Like I was being left at home, even though I was truly so grateful to be able to stay home with our kids, but I was struggling. And in that, that time, I'm, I just remember he came home that day and I looked at him and I was like, why do you never ask me about what's going on in my heart? And sweet Josh had no idea what to do. He just like held me because he had no response or, I mean, I totally blindsided him, but it was when it's like the words came out of my mouth and I realized that's what I felt. Like I felt alone. I felt misunderstood. I felt like no one actually cared or was inquiring of me. And so this became this journey where, well, it was right after that, that I went to this leadership conference because that's what you do. You leave your uh, wife who feels alone with her toddlers alone <laughs> for a week to go to a leadership conference and you go on vacation again. Yeah, And so that's yeah. what I did. And, and it, with her blessing, let me just say that it was with her blessing. Uh, it was our friend, John Townsend, and he just really encouraged me to go. And he, and he actually told Christy, I remember him telling her, like, if you let Josh go to this thing 10 years from now, you'll be so grateful that you did. It'll be paying off. Yeah. And the thing that right. I, the thing that I came home with was that the greatest leaders, they don't just talk about content-based conversation. They really focus in on process-based conversation. So in other words, they're not just talking about the business of the day, but they're talking about like, where do we take the kids? Who's taking the kids here, there? Which you know, is what did so you what happens in marriage, especially in these survival years, right? Where it's just so the transactional processes of life. Instead, you talk about the, the the process of the day. So in other words, what what did you feel about in your day? Yeah. And I came home to Christy and I was looking at her and I just said, I'm so sorry that I did not pursue your heart. What I need to realize is in order to be a great leader, I have to start at home first. It has to start with me pursuing your heart and doing process-based conversation with you. And I know Jamie and Lisa talked a lot about date nights and and that type of thing. And date nights are hard to come by in our world. Mm-hmm. And so with with young kids. And so, you know, one of the things that we implemented was 15 minutes a day where we just take 15 minutes. Sometimes it's five. Sometimes uh, it has turned into two hours. Um, I can count on one hand the number of times it turned into two hours. But 
the whole point is that you set this 15 minutes and it becomes the basis for sharing what was one positive feeling or emotion you had from the day and then what was one uncomfortable feeling you had for the day. And the reason we say positive and uncomfortable is I don't really, we we don't like to ascribe a value to feelings. I think it's not the feelings positive or negative, it's what you do with it, it's positive or negative. And so, but there are uncomfortable feelings. So in other words, when we feel rejected, we feel jealous, we feel embarrassed, we feel angry, we feel sad. There's a whole range of emotion, but if we don't get within the heart of our spouse, what ends up happening is we stay on the surface. And what we have found in 13 years of marriage, I would say that, and and I think I can genuinely say this, and I'm saying this looking at my wife, that we're stronger than we've ever been in our marriage. And I, I do believe it's because we dive into the heart and really use emotion language rather than just doing business together or doing life together. We do it, we genuinely enter into each other's hearts and we talk about how we communicate more than necessarily what we're communicating about. Yeah, it's, it, it's transformed everything, not just for us, but everyone who's gone through Famous at Home and hence the name of Famous at Home, right? It's like you can only be famous on a worldly stage if you are famous at home first and whatever that stage is for you. But that's been the that's been the crux of it. And it's been powerful to watch the transition in our own marriage and in those we've got to walk alongside. And it's one positive, one com- uncomfortable. You can do it with your kids as well. It's super powerful because you actually get to glimpse into their heart and you don't, oh, caveat, don't fix it. <laughs> All the uncomfortable ones. Like you're not there to fix it. You're just there to listen. And that takes all the pressure off. And it gives you a new way of being with people where you're actually with them without having to fix anything for them. And I've also found too that when we are in some really difficult moments, when we're in our deepest arguments, that at the end, the way we resolved them was because we got into the arguments because somebody was trying to fix something, whether it was something with themselves, they got defensive, one of us got defensive or whatever. And yet the most important thing that we always come back to is that we feel so much more connected after we have just felt heard. Yeah. Where Christy's just like, Josh, I didn't need you to do anything. I just needed you to know that I felt sad and I needed you to sit with me in that. Yeah. And those are some of our most profound moments. And and with parenting, it's so difficult because you're dealing with so many personalities and you're dealing with so many moms and dads and watch me and look at this and you know, why this and why I mean we're in we're in it right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that 15 minutes a day, just being able to unplug, be with each other, getting into the heart of your spouse is is just such a game changer. We'll sign off using the one we use with our own podcast, and that is this. The greatest red carpet you will ever walk is through your front door. Keep being famous at home. We love you. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer is Jamie Ivey. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Noel Rhodes. Original music by Matt Graham. Your co-hosts are myself, Jamie Ivey, and Lisa Whittle. Thank you for listening. 